You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 28 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. Now, of course, I'm normally delighted to be joined by the editor of the Western League Bulletin, Tom Hiscott, and I am indeed joined by uh, by Tom Hiscott, but I'm also joined by um, by two other friends of the podcast, our three wise men for today. Um, we're joined by um, Josh Thomas, formerly a sports reporter for the Western Mercury and North Somerset Times, and the godfather of South Southwest Sport social media it is ross reed the man behind southwest sports news um it's lovely lovely to see you all i'm going to kick off with um with ross because of course you have been our resident expert in um cornish football um um since um the cornish teams came back into the western league and of course we we can't start this episode of the podcast without celebrating the fantastic match between falmouth town and jersey jersey bulls did you think they were going to do it on saturday Ross? Of course I thought they were going to do it. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great achievement for Andrew Westgarth and his team down there at Falmouth. I mean, I, I think you've spoken to Westy already this season, haven't you, Ian? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, and he's a cracking bloke. And uh, yeah, what a result for them to go over there and, and, and win 3-0. And uh, was it 3 or 4? Yes, 3-0. Yeah, I was going to say 3-0. Um, I could have been doing them a disservice. Um, and of course now though they've got another away draw so they go to i think it's highworth or great wakering rovers in the next round but that that like most games was uh postponed at the weekend like bridgewater's tie so bridgewater have still got to play deal i would imagine that's this saturday and isn't it uh yes i believe uh yes i believe it is um, of course, the Falmouth story, though, was a great success both on and off the pitch, wasn't it? Because the club gained national media coverage for the fact that they chartered their own plane to go and watch the game. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. I think things like that, you know, it's, it, it's the beauty of non-league football that people often forget about. I didn't sort of stay too much in touch with it, but I know Dave Deacon went um, over from uh, he's, he does, he runs the Cornish football podcast uh, and massive non-league fan. So he went over with the team. So he was over there. And I know BBC Cornwall Sport, I guess through Dave or their own devices, were, were sort of covering the game. But uh, as I say, a bit of a shame, really, that they're away in the next leg. They've got a fantastic fan following. You know, it's 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 known throughout non-league circles nationally. So, um, yeah, great news. And... I, I think I was I was uh, the last. I think I covered Falmouth when they last got in the FA Vaz um, sort of quarterfinals, and it was a fair old time ago. Well, it's a great great achievement for the for everybody at the club. I mean, Tom, the um, the F troop is something that we discuss <laughs> regularly on the uh, on the podcast, isn't it? Because Falmouth, of course, you know, even in the league, they've they've commanded some huge gates this season. They really have. I mean, mentioning it just then, but we. Sometimes I look at the look at the numbers that come up, and you think, "Blimey, that is pretty stark for the, for that level," which is great. And obviously, again, they were there in their number on on Saturday, making making the making the trip, and it was um, yeah worthy worthy of a worthy of a long long uh, long haul exchange in the end, wasn't it? Um, plenty to celebrate, and um, yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, well, I'm sure the celebrations have have continued long into the night, but you know, another away tie, as as Ross said. Bit unfortunate, but yeah, you know that they'll be they'll be there once again. Um, whoever they whoever they do take on in, in the last eight. Well, at least they won't have to fly this time. 
Fingers and, crossed. Was, uh, <laughs> now, now, Josh, I know it, Falmouth isn't a part of the world that you um, you you covered in your in your days as a sports reporter, but it was one of those stories that sort of transcended not just geography but also all of sport, isn't it? It was what something that I'm, I'm sure you will have seen covered on the radio and the television, social media. It's great to hear that Falmouth Town have just done really well, and it's great to see that football around the area of Cornwall West and North Somerset, all the areas of the South West, is just a great fairy tale story and hope one to continue, really. Ross mentioned the, the draw. Um, the draw for the quarterfinals sees North Greenford United play Romford. Worcester City, who I believe are the bookies' favourite, they take on Emley. Hallam or Lincoln United, they'll take on Bridgewater United or Deal Town. And Highworth or Great Wakering Rovers. Um, will take on um, Falmouth Town. Um, Bridgewater is a, 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 a team that you're more familiar with, Josh, and uh, good to see that they're still in the FA Vars draw. 100%. Um, it's great to see them so doing really well. Um, I was just looking before, just now about the records. It's like I think that third season in the FA Vars, I think, in the last couple of seasons, and they've improved on each time. They've got to the fourth round a couple of years ago. Last year, got to the fifth round and eclipsed that already this year. So... You know, it's great to see them doing really well. And, you know, it could be anyone's, that's the thing. You look at that, those last eight games now, and thinking any, anyone, sorry, last four games for last eight teams, you could actually see anyone winning that. And with what happened with Bridgewater before, Chris, you know, just with the day priest going and the situation with Andy Correa going in and the social media, the difficulties they have faced. But for them to come go and um, do their talking on the pitch and reach this stage of the competition, I mean, it's they have to overcome Deal Town, but it's a fantastic run, and it would be great to see them go and better, keep going and making history. And you know, for what they have achieved in the short space of time, you know, there's nothing against them to actually say they can go and win this. Well, at the moment, the bookmakers have them at twelve to one, and um, um, but Falmouth um, are five to one. So um, obviously, their heroics over in um, in Jersey hasn't gone unnoticed. But I mean, as you say, it's a cup competition on the day. Um, anything, anything can happen. Um, uh, Worcester City had that great win, Ian, didn't they? They they won five one at Starport Swiss. So I think that's why everyone's keeping an eye on them. And they're home in the next leg. And they're bombing on at the top of the Hellenic League as well. So, yes, they're, they're looking. Yeah, they're looking really good. But you know, as you say, it's a cup competition. Watch for watch Falmouth go. Yeah, too right, absolutely. Um, now then, Josh. Um, at the beginning of the season, when we when we last had the um uh, had one of these um sessions, you talked about Portishead uh, Town, and you talked about them. Um, you know, as some as a team that you felt were going to be in conjunction uh, for the for the first division title, but uh, and and I think at the time most of us thought that you'd gone bananas, but actually you you've been proved you've been you've been proved right. They've they've taken the um, they've taken uh, the the league by storm, and um, and you called it. It's not the first time I've called it, is it? After they were seeing Tickham's wise a couple of seasons. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Now, nah, jokes aside, Portsmouth Town deserve it. You know, they've really come around. They've really uh, strengthened their side in the summer. They've brought some really good players in. They've really strengthened in their positions. It's no surprise, you know, the way, uh, way it's run down there, they've really got a good side and it's boosted by Ethan Felton. 42 goals this season at, at this stage of this podcast. You know, they've done, they've got a really good goal scorer. He's three goals away from the record set by James Clark in the 2006-2007 season. And that's what you need. You need a good team, but you need someone to score your goals. 
and Nathan Felton is done now, you know, a number of hat-tricks, number of into displays, pops up when it needs most, and they've just exceedingly, and now with the mean top of the table, it's only a matter of time. It's it's a hard season, you know. They they had a really healthy lead at stage, I think, at this stage. Now they're three points ahead. But they do play Cheddar later today, and that's another massive game for them, for well, for both sides in the sense. But if they win that, they go six points clear. And it's really a big shout for them to see how they do. And it's deserved, you know. They brought in Kai Mountford, and he's done exceptionally well since taking over from Eamon Daly. They've got a really good coaching staff. They've got a really good playing start playing roster. And I just think they can go for strength to strength. And, you know, I just there's no surprise just how well they've done this season. They deserve it. And each of every member of the squad have put in a shift in. Uh, Ross, what do you make of the first division title race? It's brilliant. Like um Josh has just said, um Ethan has been getting goals for fun, and they? Um I didn't they have a little hiccup last couple of weeks ago. They they lost one game. I think, um, but they bounced straight back. And uh, I just think it's really exciting. You know, Radstock are up there, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, one of your your teams, Ian. And I don't, I don't think the, the team that keep coming back and coming back a Wing Canton. They're, they're, they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? And Briz are up there again, Brislington. So it's very exciting. Josh just touched on, we, we're recording this on Tuesday. I ought to say, and I don't know if you've talked about it, the one thing that's um, has been overriding for me this season, which I, I don't remember, we've had like a January and February like it, is the weather. Mm-hmm. The weather has been absolutely atrocious. And um, that game at Cheddar today will have a pitch inspection. I don't think I've tweeted about pitch inspections as much as I have this winter. It's been absolutely every weekend we think oh it'll, it'll be dry and the forecast is for dry weather and i'm sure everyone's looking at their weather apps throughout the week because i think the thing to understand is and that's what i was just about to give a shout out to are these amazing volunteers who go out and do the grounds every week so i think that's you know we, we tend to concentrate on the teams at the top or the bottom the one team we sometimes forget about are the grounds teams and these guys, I mean, they go out in all weathers and bless them, you know, nobody can control the weather. I know that more than most. And um, I just think they all do a phenomenal job. You know, there's, there's been incredible times where the games have gone ahead. I know, I, I don't know if you guys, you would have noticed it. There's, there's been some games that have started and, and just not made it through the whole game yeah. because of the weather. And that, I've seen that a couple of times, but I've rarely seen as many times as this winter. This winter, you know, we're we're talking over 20 games have stopped while they've started, you know, and that's that's quite a rarity, really. My shout out really is for all the grounds teams, because I I think we we all forget that, that non-league clubs are run by volunteers, you know, in the main. That, I think that's a really important point, actually. I was on the phone to some people from Bridgewater United um, before t- um, their game that was obviously scheduled for, for Saturday. And, of yeah. course, when you've got something riding on a match, like you say, everyone's pulling together to make sure that, you know, the game can get on. And sometimes the weather situation is so severe that, that, that even, you know, with the best will in the world, that can't happen. But if you think about to get through a season... It's not just about the teams who are fighting relegation or fighting for promotion. It's everybody needs to be doing that. So even those games on a you know really wet, miserable, cold weekend, 
the volunteers are out there for teams that have got nothing to play for in the league, making sure that those matches get on. And and I think that's um I think that's a really good point. Well made there, Ross. Yeah, you're right. It's it, it is that, isn't it? It's it's. Uh, um, I'm just double checking actually as we speak. Yeah, the the Bridgewater deal game is this Saturday. It has been as we thought. Same with Highworth. They'll play this Saturday. They're, they're outstanding game. Yeah, yeah. Grounds teams phenomenal. I I don't know if this was going to come up or not, but I just wanted to. You said touch upon the grounds teams as well. I just want to touch upon Chad quickly as well and just say a wonder. Oh, what a wonderful job Mike Dangerfield did when he was at Cheddar. I know it's been very difficult situations but he's been exceptional and exemplary and he's you know he's one of the nicest guys in football you could meet so just want to wish him all the best for the future and whatever he gets to do just want to get that on the course though yeah no a good point because we have had him on the podcast he was a lovely chap to speak to and um, sadly obviously it hasn't worked out for for him and for cheddar this season but i hope you know he's one of those lovely men who isn't lost to football um tom you you're talking of lovely men who we don't want to see lost to football um, you uh, you managed to get a bulletin out this week, despite the best uh-huh. efforts of the weather. Um, I think we were down to what was it, five games? I don't know if that is including or excluding Falmouth. I think that included, yeah, I think that did include them. I think obviously there was a couple of, I think Wednesday night went ahead, uh, most of the games in, on Wednesday, so that was that always helps uh, get get something out there. So yeah, I think um, it just about filled up, but yeah, Saturday again was well, it was more Friday, wasn't it? I think quite a lot of games went went by the wayside. Sort of Friday afternoon, evening. I think they made the sensible decisions to well um, to to cool off and whatnot. But yeah, it's pretty pretty brutal when you when you look at the fixture list on a on a Saturday morning and there's more peas than there are. Um, there, there, there should be at this time of year. Fingers crossed. That's yeah, we're over the worst of that. But you fear, fear not. I mean, looking out the window now, it's not heavy rain, but it's, yeah. it's it's raining again. And these, you know, these pitches can only take so much, can't they? You can't, you can't, um, can't expect it uh, to be in ship shape uh, early Feb, and especially as as Ross said, the the amount of weather we've already had, it's sort of it's loading on top of and on top of. So yeah, fingers crossed we can get over the worst of it and. Um, Get, get some of these fixtures underway because there are a couple of sides just sort of looking at league tables that have uh, certainly got plenty of games in hand, which is which is nice for them in in a way they can look up and think, oh, if we can put some points together. But it's also going to be a case of where there is a, a bit of a backlog in coming months. So uh, yeah, it could be could be pretty tough. It's not uncommon for us as well, isn't it? In, in no, the years we've not. been doing the podcast, you know, January and February quite often get washed out, and of course, like you say, it mm. does. It, it puts pressure on the, on the clubs because the clubs that want to be competitive have to get games in. And we, you know, I don't think we're very far away from um, three, potentially four games a week for some clubs. It's, it's looking that way, isn't it? I mean, especially if you include the cup games, I mean, Falmouth themselves, it's a good, good job they're doing so well, but they will have, yeah. They will have to catch up at some point. Um, it could work. It could potentially work against them. I mean, it's not not out of the question that they could be uh, um, a, a title contender in the Prem. Still, they got those. As I say, games in hand, good thing. You can look at the look at the yeah. points. They've only lost only lost a couple of games, but they will have that 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 surge at the end of the year where where they're playing. Yeah, maybe three or four times a week, as you say. So that could be a yeah, could could deter them a little bit, but yeah, fingers crossed for them. It, it doesn't happen, and obviously we're hopeful of their uh, Vars progression. Let's put it that way. Well, they're, they're very much in the shakeup for the playoffs in the first of, uh, in the Premier Division, um, uh, which is something that we'll come on to shortly. But but Ross, um, I mean Premier Division table at the moment, Helston Athletic sitting pretty at the top. It, it's theirs to lose, isn't it? 
they've got games in hand. They're still um, bombing along in the Les Phillips Cup, which they hold, don't they? Which you and mm. I saw. Was that last year, Ian, we saw that? That was, yes, at Tiverton. We'll be back I'm there again so this quick. season. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So, um, yeah, Matt Cusack's doing a fantastic job down there, you know. And I think... I, I saw, I caught something this week. I think their women's team are top of their league and the men's <laughs> team, are, you know, the irrepressible Steve Massey was talking about how the, the men and women's team were both top of their leagues, which I think is the first time. So, but yeah, Matt Cusack's done a, a brilliant job down at Elston and, and they've got a couple of games in hand. So Tom was just talking about Falmouth having the makeup games, but it, yeah, I think you're quite right. It's, it's almost theirs to lose, although too early to call yet. I mean, there's, there's lots of games still to be played, but yeah, they're doing great. You know, doing great. It's nice to see a Cornish team up there again. <laughs> but they're being pursued relentlessly by uh, a side that you know well, Josh. Um, Clevedon Town. Now, I had my first trip to Clevedon a couple of weeks ago. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, they got back to winning ways. They put poor old Millbrook to the sword. Um, they could, you know, if anybody's going to push um, Helston all the way, it looks like it's going to be Clevedon. 100%. They've shown this season just how already how great they are. They had a really good home record. And you know what? We haven't even seen the best of this side yet. Um, you know, Alex White has brought in, I think they had a really hot, troubling summer where some players left and they had to bring in some players. You know, it was a bit of a challenging period for them and, you know, losing uh, Mickey Bell, of course, a couple of seasons before that. But, you know, it was a season I think they weren't expecting as good as it has been. But, you know, they have got the players to do it. They have got a really good coaching team. And once you, like you said, Ross, the, the volunteers, they've got a really good base of volunteers there. And it's just going to go all the way. I think, look at the table, they're only one point behind Houston. I know that Houston have got two games of, um, more to play than them, but anything can happen, you know. You know, games in hand don't mean for nothing. It's what you have in front of you on a day. And then with Cleveland Town, all they got to do is just keep showing what they've done all season, keep performing well. And I think the character they've shown after they've like lost a couple of games, they've gone and had some runs, and that's important. It's a we often remember it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Cleveland have all the tools ready for them at their disposal to go for it. Tom, we um, obviously go every other week. We go through the the, the league tables, and mm. um, of course, this season we know that whoever finishes from second down to fifth will be in our Premier Division playoffs. But it's 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 really difficult to call, isn't it? Because we, probably because of those games in hand, actually. I mean, you know, obviously Buckland at the moment occupying fifth place, but they've played five games more than Barnstable, who've only got who are only four points behind. So plenty of teams still with lots of football to play for. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, what's that? Just over halfway through the season for for Barnstable. I mean, they're going to play 34. They've played, I think it's about 20 of those so far. So yeah, having having that and they're on the back of and well uh pretty big win in the in the les phillips i know i don't know how um how big a factor that might have but a huge win over over bridgewater recently that was yeah pretty pretty well pretty stark for for them to go down there and put four past them um following a couple of pretty decent wins in in the league as well so i think barnstead are certainly a team to to keep an eye on that they're, they're winning more than more than more than not at the moment so um Again, a team that can make can make a charge. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule them out. Buckland doing pretty well. I, it's, it's 
it's a good top six. I mean, looking at that top six just just on paper, there's there's a lot of there's a lot to like for for most of those sides. I would say. Um, yeah, you could make a case yeah. for all of them, couldn't you? I, I think you definitely could. Helston and Cleveland, yeah, probably maybe not fighting for the title between themselves, but it's that that buffer they've got of ten points um, is it's nice to have at this time of the season, isn't it? And um, yeah, Helston in particular. I mean, eighteen wins from twenty three. That's yeah, that that sounds to me like title winning. Um, proposition really on paper doesn't it and their goal difference is way out ahead of yeah. everybody else's um, at, at this moment in time I mean Ross c- could you make a case for one of those um, sides p- perhaps not even down to fifth but one of the sides at the top of the Premier Division who do you think would be the one most likely to come through a playoff competition Shepton well, I think I, I think I think Shepton I mean I, I, I think Brixham are doing really well um but I've got, you know, I just think that Shepton, you've always got to keep your eye on them and they, they only need a run and they're back in there again. Yeah, I just think that Sevs is doing a good job there and they, 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 they're, they're, they're the sort of side, aren't they? Well, the same with Brixham. You don't want to be playing them really if you're in the top, <laughs> if you're in the top five. You go to either of those two clubs and you've just got to watch it because they're, they're capable of beating you. And I just, yeah, I just think... It's a very strong, I, I mean, I'm surprised to see. I think a tour point about, uh, let me look at the table quickly while I'm there. You know, tour point and street against some blazy, all these sides, that they're good sides. Um, so if you have an, it's very much like the real Premier League. If you have an off day, you know, anyone can beat anyone. I, you know, was it Soltash that beat Clevedon a few weeks ago? Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, but I I agree with the boys that, 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 it, it, very much at the moment, it looks like those two, you know, and Alex White and Matt Cusack, two of the top coaches in 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 our in our league. I mean, you, I know, you mentioned Brixham a couple of times. I know it's a club that that you you um, uh, have some you know affection um, for. I, I think they've done yeah. really well in this this season, but I I think they've done. I think that I think they'll be one of those sides that will actually be be fighting it around at the top next season, having sort of had that first season, you know, scoping out what the league's all about. Yeah, I hope so. You know, as you know, they've, they, they're another club that had a great FA Vars run. And I think that's what we miss is it, you have a good run in the Vars and it, it does you the world of, conf- you know, the confidence, the world of good. And yeah, lovely club. Yeah, I should I should point out vested interest because I once played for them, but that was many, <laughs> many moons ago. I, I, I wouldn't get any, even if I was a young man now, I would get nowhere near that side. <laughs> they, they are, they're a superb team to watch. And Wall Park, Lovely ground to visit. There's not many grounds you visit in our league with allotments the other side of the ground. That, so, well, that's um, one of the grounds I do hope I get a chance to visit this season. Um, in 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 our partnership with with Mind, um, De- oh, Devon. Brilliant. That would be great. Uh, Ian. Well, yeah. That's the other thing. I think. I think. I don't know. You know, we we don't know quite who listens to these podcasts, but for ground hoppers, you know, all of the grounds in the Western League are, you know, all of them well worth a visit. You know. And they, they stretch now a fair old way, don't they? You know, from down in deepest, darkest, right the way up to Bristol and, and all the other areas that we cover. So it's, yeah, Wallpark, definitely tick, try and tick that off your list. Um, now, Josh, one side that you've championed over the, the years you've been on the podcast with us is Nelsie and Tickenham. And although um, by their incredibly high standards, they're not running away with the Premier Division this season, they're certainly holding their own. They really are. Um, they really had a, a struggle as well with a number of injuries at the beginning of the season. 
one that was like they were going through without winning games. I can't remember how much it was, but it was quite a significant amount without them getting there. But they are doing really well. I think they were looking at the team, but now they're 12, 28 points. You know, I think that's the most important thing they told me was that the, the biggest aim was to stay up, you know, rebuild for the summer and keep going. And they've done exceptionally well. You know, they've got a good management duo in Nick Stedman and Jamie Wright. They've got a good source of um, staff on the committee and they've got a really good team. And you could see the difference with players coming back. You know, they've had to lose a lot of pivotal figures. They've had to lose two, maybe three season injuries as well. So they, to lose a lot of injuries like that is a very difficult stage. But, you know, I had no doubt they would do it. They've really got a good side there. They've got a really good... Um, ground running they really are a good side to go and you know every time I go there I don't know about you guys but every time you go there you make your made to feel so welcome yes they really make you feel absolutely so special in a sense but it's a really nice club and success deserves to come their way and their back-to-back promotions has surely given them a really good step for the future a lot of confidence a lot of points a lot of excitement and this season yeah it's not hopefully we're a third promotion in a row but they can now come and look back and say this has been probably the most successful season because they've competed week in, week out. They've had some really good results. I think they may win like about 9-0 a few weeks ago or something like that. They got a really good scoreline. I'm trying to get that right, actually. Yeah, 9-0 against Millbrook. I know Millbrook are there at the bottom, but to win 9-0 was an exceptional and, and a statement of interest, you know, and they've really, they've got a really long way to go, but they've picked up some really good results, picked up some really good performances, and it couldn't only be a good thing going for the future. I, I mean, I echo what you said about the welcome that you get at Nails in Tickenham. I went there just before Christmas. They really pushed the boat out for um, the visit that I did with with Somerset Mind, uh, as actually did you, Josh, as well, with some excellent newspaper coverage. So it, I'm I'm very grateful to you um, for that as well. But a lovely club and a club in some respects, I think that's a blueprint for others who are looking to develop not just on the pitch where they have been successful, but the, 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 you know, the chairman was telling me about the plans to develop the facilities at the club and they, they really want to build a proper football club there in Nowsy and Tickenham. Definitely. And I think they're also looking to get an under-18s team as well, I think I read. So they're looking to build yeah. for the present, for the future. And it's so good to see clubs um, like Nowsy and Tickenham put a foundation to know that there are a place for players under 18. You know, it's great to see that. I think that's what there's a lot of missing things that once you finish at 16, apart from a handful of clubs, there's nothing much there. So to actually have an under 18 side is only a good thing. Now, Tom, um, we I'm going to take you back to the first division. And um, we, we've we've had a chat already about Portishead Town. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at the, um, the, the top sides there, we've got obviously mm. Portishead being chased down by Radstock, then Cribs Reserves. Um, Wing Canton and Brislington currently occupying the last playoff berth or the official playoff berth. We might come on to that shortly. But I mean, who 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 do you think are those sides at the top of the first division that are going to be challenging for the playoffs come the end of the season? I mean, I'm glad you did mention uh, Brislington. Obviously, they've um, yeah, having been there and done it, you'd think they were yeah, they're, they're pretty capable of putting one of these runs together. I think the back end of last year they were pretty unstoppable. So if they can find that form. And I think the thing we always touch on with them is they know where the back of the net is. They 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 put up some big numbers, don't they? Um, they generally don't win one nil. If if they're if they're ahead, they're they're going to score three or four pretty much every every week. So 
as always a, a, a bit of a boost as you know you can you know not knock at knock most teams off if you're if scoring cons uh, considerable goals i think ross earlier mentioned when canton just yeah I, th I think what they're doing is real really impressive and they they've beaten some good sides recently haven't they i think they were the ones yeah that's right they won at port's head a couple of weeks ago and they're pretty dramatic win down there um, yeah, that was so, yeah, that was it. That was the one I was trying to think of when we said about the Portishead sort of blip, as it were. I think yeah, that, that's yeah, a great result. Couple, couple of injury time goals and away win as well, which yeah, to to do that's impressive. Uh, just looking at some recent results, they beat Wales, who are who have come up over the last couple of weeks. They did put three and past Brislington, beat them as well. So I think in, if you're looking for a side that uh, the form is definitely with them and. I, th I think we touched on it last week on the podcast. I think looking at the first division, the top, as mentioned, Brislington, I would include in this, that top five, I I couldn't predict how they're going to finish. I think Port's Head have got that, got the got the head start and they've got the striker in, in form as we've as we've as we've touched on over 40 goals. Ethan Felton up top, who mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be stopping. So we, when you've got someone like that in your <laughs> team, you're capable, capable of beating anyone. But I I could not predict the top five. I think that's the, the the juggling that's going to go on over the next couple of months uh, is going to be fascinating. Absolutely. Um, now, I know you didn't officially cover Wales, Josh, um, but I know they're a club that you've taken an interest in. Um, they've only played 26 games, so they've got games in hand in, in on all of the clubs above them. Could you see Wales City making a push for the playoffs this season? It's doable. There's, you shouldn't write a team, Doc. And with the games they have, I'm looking at their teams now, they've got like you said, two. So, yeah, anything can happen. Wales have got a good... They did really well last season as well. They got to the playoffs and had a really good total. And I think mm. we said at the time that it was such a shame to see the likes that three sides weren't going up with the points totals they had. I think Brisbane's in on 98, and LC in on 97, or around that anyway, and Wales was one of them. So, this season, it was always going to be a tough um, act to follow. But, yeah, they got every right to go through. And if they're going to do it, I think the playoffs is the way to go. Now, Ross, how familiar are you with the um, arrangements for the playoffs in the first division of the Tool Station Western League this season? Uh, not very familiar. Well, in that, what a wonderful segue into me telling you to some <laughs> telling you some interesting facts. We, we've we've trailed this in various articles and in conversations that Tom and I have had when we talk about the league tables, because of course, really, when it comes down to the end of season, people want to know what they're playing for. On paper, the regulations from the FA suggest that obviously the winners of the first division will go up and then the next five and the next four, sorry, so that's second down to fifth again, will will play off for a second promotion place. But we've got a couple of anomalies in our first division. And uh, if the season finished uh, in the order that the cl clubs currently are, Cribs Reserves, who are currently in third place, are ineligible um, to play uh, in the playoffs because yeah. they can't be promoted because you can't have a reserve side playing at step five, which, of course, is our premier division. So you then have to take the next cab off the rank, which takes us down to position six. Now, position six is currently occupied by Bitten, who are ineligible for promotion on the grounds that they pulled out of the premier division uh, midway through last uh, season. We can go down to position number seven, um, but we can't go any lower than that. And position number seven is currently occupied um, by AEK Bocco. Of course, 
um, we've just Josh was just talking about Wells. Wells very hot on the heels of AK Bocco, and it's not beyond the wit of man. And that another new team to the um, uh, Western League, Middlesbrough Rovers, could find themselves in contention um, if they can get themselves up to seventh place. And um, and Bitten and Cribs Reserves stay uh, in the positions that they're in. So does that make it any clearer for you, Ross? Absolutely clear as mud. <laughs> it, no, it'd be it's great. frustrating it, yeah. though isn't it because of course last season we saw Brislington unable to go up because they had yeah. taken the, the, the voluntary um, relegation and we could find two sides for differing reasons it has to be said who can't play in the playoffs at the end of the season despite the fact on the pitch they did secure that position yeah it's crazy but it, you know I think I think the great thing is that because of the Brislington situation we all we all knew coming into this season what what could happen, but it, it it does make it for fascinating viewing, because of that. What you've just said, it goes all the way down to seventh, and I I think that you know I I get tired really of telling people how how great non-league football is, but especially the first division in the Western League is always is always great to pop in and see what's going on, and we've talked about it now how how well sort of Nelsey have done, and uh, as Josh quite rightly says they're starting up an under 18s team for the Western Counties Floodlit League next season. So it's it's brilliant to see how these clubs develop and and you know and, and that's all, you know, they I mean they didn't stay in the first division very long, did they? <laughs> no. One season wonders. I mean, you obviously cover football across the whole of the southwest of England and you cover well, you cover many sports across the whole of the southwest of England, but you also cover other leagues, I think. And it's important, isn't it, that we haven't seen a reserve side in the Western League for some time. Chippenham and um, Parkway were, um, albeit, a, gave the appearance of being um, a, 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 a team in their own right. I think there was clearly a relationship with Chippenham Town there. So it's not unheard of. And of course, I think if we go back into the history of the Western League, um, then reserve teams from higher up, from uh, teams higher up the pyramid yeah. were, were commonplace. Yeah, they, but yeah. are, we are, are we seeing, do you think, the, uh, uh, more reserve teams playing step six football uh, today across other leagues. I think we are, and, and yeah, I think we are, and and also it's it's the strength of clubs. You you do you talked you touched upon the subject there that I cover a number of sports, especially hockey. I know it's hockey is another one where where reserve teams. You know, you you get what I call it. Again, Josh touched on it. A strong club. And, and as that club gets stronger, it attracts, you know, it, it either attracts better players or it, it equally, it reaches out into the community and people who, who weren't going to sort of give it a go before do join that club. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, it, I think all clubs, they, they want their reserves playing at a very good standard, don't they? And, uh, and I'm sure that's the same with Rich Luffman at Cribs. You know, they're, they're doing very, very well in the Southern League now. So they want a very good reserve side to back them up. So and that's what they've got. So, yeah, long may it continue as well. Moving on to the other subject that sort of, uh, I guess, sits around this for you, um, Ross, um, social media, uh, Twitter. We'll call it Twitter, but I think it's now known as X. You I talked still a bit. Call it you, well, you, 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 um, you were talking about the weather earlier, and in yeah. all seriousness, I think a lot, a lot of people may well have grown slightly tired of some of the comment on social media but really for you at this time southwest sports news has never been more important than when football fans and ground hoppers want to know where games are on they've got a game they want to go to if that gets called off 
quite often they'll have a plan B or C. And and really yeah. clubs' ability to communicate and sites like yours that bring all of that information into one place are, so, are still so important. Yeah, they are. I think we saw a blip with Twitter, and I still call it that, Ian. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I ruined your train of thought. I, I'd still call it Twitter. I, I can't get used to Xing something. I, I still tweet something and I still post. But anyway, um, moving on from that, yeah, you're right that that it is important to engage. And we had that sort of blip where I think the Twitter usage went down. Now I'm seeing a, a really high rise in it again. It's coming back very strongly. And more so, as you say, that there's no better way of, I mean, it's free communication, that's for one thing. And, um, you know, without blowing any trumpets, because because we're up to like, uh, with that and Plymouth Sports News, we're over 25,000 followers or, or you know, 20,000 followers. And it's it's just phenomenal the reach that that has, you know, across the Southwest now. And, and we do, we, I, I mean, it's a bit of an exclusive for your podcast, but I'm now looking at, at, at possibly having a south and west site because the teams in the sort of Hampshire, well, Dor it spread from Dorset, but the teams in the Hampshire and Oxfordshire area now, they they follow and they want to know what's going on and they want to know why in their region they haven't got somebody, you know, doing what we do and we've done. And and I should say it's, it's, it's all down to teamwork, isn't it? You know very well that it's people like yourself and Josh and and I can think of Kevin Marriott in Cornwall and Dave Deacon, you know, and and Phil Hiscox at the Southwest Peninsula League, where everyone, um, I'm thinking of other names, uh, Ryan up at Seven Sport, Mark Halliwell in Gloucestershire, all these people who, who feed into my Twitter feed and enable us to know what games are going on. And as you say, that has the knock-on effect of attracting more groundhoppers and uh, with that comes you know even more publicity for for our area and you know i'm often asked why we haven't got a similar thing in the northeast northwest but it's up for those people to do that sort of thing and again it goes back to the fact that believe it or not i've been around for 44 seasons now around the non-league sort of circuit just covering it let alone playing it when i was younger so it's one of those where where i think it, it was just right time you know a bit like Ethan Felton probably at Porter said right place right time <laughs> so you know long may it continue for both of us brilliant and and Josh I mean I said it before but I'll say it again one of the things that I've appreciated through social media not just um, um, Twitter but also Facebook is obviously the league have have, have made um, a real effort to promote the importance of mental well-being and um, through people like yourself we've been able to get those stories out there of what we're doing in clubs and hopefully that's made other people think about their own mental health and about whether they perhaps need to get some help either for themselves or for a friend. Definitely um, to be honest I, I, I up, up to a few years ago it shows how naive I was but did not realise just how important mental health was compared to the practical health. I mean, we talk about broken bones and poor ligaments, but mental health is equally as important. It's your well-being at the end of the day. It's important to actually acknowledge when you're struggling, acknowledge when you need help, acknowledge when you really are struggling. So for mental health and the things you do, in, like you said, you went to Nails in Tickham, Clevedon to raise money for Mind in Somerset, it's exemplary and you should be applauded for that. I mean, it's great to actually see that mind is something that's really important to actually look at and we need to really be open and with our mental health it's important to share how we feel we just can't you know 
that's what I think is the most important thing is that we got to say that when we're not okay, we're not okay. And you know what? It's okay not to be okay. You know, we don't need to under, we don't need to feel like a stereotypical thing or prejudice or, you know, we all have our own battles. We all have our own obstacles to face. And, you know, we shouldn't have to be feel like we can't share that because it's important to actually go out there and say, you know, my mental health is important. And, you know, to keep raising awareness, to keep bringing that, to keep doing what you're doing as well, Ian, as well, like I said, then, is a, it's just great. So we got to keep doing this. we got to keep promoting it. And we need to keep making it uh, recognised and making people say to us, you know, we're here, we listen and we care. Well, I, I'm, I'll certainly keep doing it um, 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 for the foreseeable future. In fact, I'm actually off to Falmouth Town um, this weekend. Um, they're playing Ilfracombe, and um, uh, it'll be my first visit um, um, to Falmouth ground. And um, hopefully, as long as the you know the weather holds, then um, I'll be able to. Um, it'll be my first um, um, collection in Cornwall. So it's really I'm really pleased that we've been able to um, get uh, get Cornwall mind on board. And um, uh, yeah, that that that's that's really good. Now, of course, Tom. One of the ways that the world gets to see your excellent bulletin is through social media. And um, just in case people haven't come across it on Twitter or Facebook, where can they find this week's edition? The bulletin that will be on the on the toolstationleague.com uh, website. Pride of place on on the homepage. And then if you uh, scroll down, I think it's on the left hand side, isn't it? If you scroll down a little bit, uh, you can click on the. Uh, little tab there and that takes you to the the most recent one and that is um yeah downloadable as a pdf and and word for document uh try and try and try and cram some images in there and and get the as we say get the get the tables and the stats and whatnot um posted as as, as best possible and that usually comes out on a sort of sunday lunchtime I'd just like to say thank you to our three wise men. And normally we get you in Christmas. We're a bit late this year, but I think it's looking like a really exciting run in. And given that the weather did its best to, to ruin a week of um, of Tool Station Western League football, I think we've all come back fighting uh, with another excellent edition of the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>